And now, Taking Care of Business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 219. Our guest today is Simon Chan, author of the new book, The Consistency Pill, The Seven-Step System to Increase Sales and Transform Your Business. Simon is a consistency coach and founder of MLM Nation, a business training company. He helps business owners stay consistent, defeat overwhelm, and build a successful business online. He is the host of MLM Nation Podcast, a direct selling podcast, which features in-depth interviews with over 700 top income earners. Good morning, Simon. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, we've been really excited for this interview. We're loving your book, The Consistency Pill, The Seven-Step System to Increase Sales and Transform Your Business. Tell us what inspired you to write this book. Well, I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years. I got started in 2003, just like a solopreneur. And one of the things that held me back was, you know, I came from a job mindset and being kind of self-employed and working for yourself and no discipline spending a lot of times doing the things. I was busy, but not doing the right things, like not being consistent with income-producing activities. And one of the turning points was I had a mentor that really pushed me hard, uh, held me accountable every day, and that changed the course of my career and my business journey. But over the last uh, 20 years, there's been awesome trainings, self-development out there. You could get anything that you know, things that used to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, you can get it for free on YouTube or Instagram, TikTok, anywhere. But people are still stuck where they are because of lack of consistency. And I think consistency is a hot word. And some people feel that it's something you're born with or you're disciplined with, but it's not. And the reason I wrote this book is if you apply seven components to whatever goal or whatever thing you want to achieve, whether it's like a business goal or even simple as exercising consistently, you can be consistent if you implement all seven steps. I love that idea. And, you know, I can't help but think about your history. You know, I know you've talked about in the past growing up in New York and being a baseball fan and your first dream, right? Like many young kids is to be a professional athlete. But you had some trouble, didn't you? And and talk a little bit about that and what affected what you learned from that experience and how you apply those thoughts to the consistency pill. Well, then when you have children, you actually see a lot of things that you made mistakes in the past, right? I was a big baseball fan. Dream was to play for the New York Yankees. But my dad was busy. You know, he was a doctor. He was always busy at the you know, clinic working. He was self-employed. And I was a terrible baseball player because they were immigrants from Hong Kong. You know, they didn't really understand how baseball worked. And I was terrible because I was just played once in a while with my friends. No one actually taught me. And a couple of years ago, back in 2017, when my oldest son was just turning five, he got into T-ball. And all of a sudden, he loved it. And when he loved it and I started explaining to him, he got more into it. It really reminded me when I was a kid, when I was a child, right? And I was like, of course, like any f- parent, you want to do the best for your kid. And I started teaching him. Now, I didn't know much because I was a terrible hitter. I was always the kid <laughs> who was picked last, right? Because I couldn't hit. I could feel it, but I could not hit. And so I started going through YouTube videos. I learned. And then I started, I would teach my kid. And my son loved it. And every day we would spend five, 10 minutes in the backyard doing swings. And I was motivated by uh, one of my friends, uh, his son was a little bit older and was pretty good. And told me about Mike Trout, you know, on the Angels, arguably the greatest player in the last generation. Well, his father would make him do 75 swings in the backyard every day, right? In, In the basement every day. You know, that helped me in my business was like, if you want to increase sales, 
you got to do it every day. Now, you may not be good at the beginning. It's okay. And then there's a saying, every master was a disaster, right? It's just like when I first made my first sales course, I was terrible. But I started doing a little bit every day and built up the courage. So I started doing that with my son a little bit every day. And um, he was actually a little bit slower at the beginning because some kids were playing already. But he picked up T-ball. Within two weeks, he got a lot better. Within two months, he was one of the best hitters in his league. And since then, it's been like five years. I'm like a hardcore baseball fan. He loves baseball. I have a batting cage in my house, which was built during the pandemic because we couldn't go to other places to practice anymore. We practice six, seven days a week, at least 25, 30 swings. And even in when we go on vacations, uh, we bring a little training bat. We'll swing in a parking lot just to get the swings down, to get the mechanics down, right? And he plays for a top elite travel team. He's one of the top ranked teams in the country now. And it's great father bonding time. But that just shows you like, you know, it's not the YouTube videos. You can learn anything you want, but it's the daily application and getting a little bit every day and focusing on the compound effect, right? Darren Hardy talks about it, getting 1% a little bit better each day, 1%. That's exactly what I did with my business journey was I struggled in sales. Every day, get a focus on a little bit better, start small, getting a little bit better, a little bit better, and you build up to that. I think a lot of people, they want to go from zero to hero. They want to go from like, Oh, you're terrible. All of a sudden, become great. And that really happens. But if you do a little bit every day, start small. And I talk about in the book that consistency beats intensity. As long as you do a little bit every day, you get better and better and better and better and better. And ultimately, you become excellent in whatever you're pursuing. It's such an amazing concept, you know, because what I hear you talking about is just a little bit every day, right? And I can completely relate to this because I think sometimes what I've experienced is. I will almost binge on something I'm trying to improve, right? To the point of burnout. Like I'll just, I'll just go all in on, on this one area that I'm trying to get better. And what ends up happening is other areas tend to suffer. And then that kind of activity can create more overwhelm in my life and in my business. So if you're someone that maybe doesn't have these kind of great habits, where do you start to build consistency if you're someone that has been successful, but mostly just through maybe staying up all night or, you know, just really fighting to meet deadlines and being committed to meeting deadlines? How do you transform that behavior into a more consistent bite-sized work? You know, uh, when you brought up, you like to go all in, very intense, right? It's like, I'm going to use exercise as an example. I think because everyone have wanted to exercise consistently in their lives, right? I think almost everyone knows the importance of that. And you see this a lot of times. People like, they have a set of go, I want to get in shape, I want to lose weight. And they go to the gym, they haven't exercised in a long time. They go to the gym for an hour and a half, they take classes, and then they're so sore, they can't even move their arms, or they can't even walk around. And that's not fun. That's not fun. And I talk about the most important thing to anything, it starts with the mindset, right? Start small. So let me ask you this question. If someone who wants to exercise consistently, and they just go to the gym, and then this is someone who never worked out before, and just went to the gym for five minutes, just for five minutes, does something real quick and leaves, but he does that for five, six days in a row. Does that help? And I ask that question. A lot of times people, well, that's a waste of time. What do you really get out of five minutes of exercise? You don't. But what happens is this person starts seeing themselves differently. Right? Instead of someone that says, hey, I'm struggling to exercise, I'm struggling, do you see them say, hey, I'm consistent. I actually took the time, even drive 20 minutes to just go to the gym for five minutes. The fact that he's making that effort, he starts seeing himself differently, and we always act consistent to our self-concept. Right? I always share this. Things happen twice. First in the mind, 
and then in reality. When you see yourself different, then you can start acting different. So whatever you want to do out there, start small. And this is something I learned from James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits. He says, start with one. One is better than none. So even if you want to exercise, hey, start one push-up. And you're not even allowed to do more than that. Start one. And if you want to make a sales call, do one. You have to go live on social media, do one. Do one post. And the second rule is you add one each day. So you do the one push-up, the next day you do two. Or you make that one sales call, the next day you make two sales calls. Okay, that's two rules. The third rule is eventually you're going to get to the point to say, well, I'm doing 20 push-ups. I can't do it anymore. My arm's about to collapse, right? Or I can't do any more sales calls right now because I'm mentally burnt out or I run out of time. I got to get back to my other work. So then you take those number and split it into two. So say, say you reach to 20 and you can't do it anymore. You split into two groups of 10. And once you start doing that, then like a week or two, you can start getting into the routine. And I talk about the, the seven components of the consistency system. Is component two is you got to create and schedule that time, right? Once you create and schedule the time, it could be 10 calls in the morning, 10 calls in the afternoon during your lunch break. You can start build a rhythm and then you can start becoming consistent in whatever you want to do. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting looking at this like so many other topics around growing ourselves and improving and things like discipline and learning how to learn and how to schedule and how to maintain a schedule seem to all revolve around this continuous circle of improvement in our lives and consistency obviously takes a, a big role in it. So I like how you've blended together so many other disciplines that need to fall into place to make consistency a continuous thing. In your book, you know, you're talking about seven different areas and that you've talked about some. What was the most surprising one to you? Well, the seven, I'm going to just go over them real quick, is number one, you have to have a checklist. So for every goal you want to set, so if you want to take your business to the next level, whatever business goal, what's the system behind that? And these are the seven parts. Number one, what's the checklist? What's a specific list of activities that you need to do? You got to be very clear on that. Number two, you got to create and schedule the time. Number three is you got to have a strategy and how to hit that goal. And the strategy is going to dictate that checklist, which is component number one. Four is the environment where you're going to put yourself in to get the work done. Number five is tracking, tracking your performance, right? How are you working? The checklist that you wrote down in number one, how are you doing each day towards that goal? Number six is using tools, like tracking tools, analytics, a calendar, a timer to help you stay on track. And number seven, very, very important, is accountability. So all seven are important, but I think the most surprising one that entrepreneurs really need to pay attention to is number two, create and schedule the time. Because as entrepreneurs, we have unlimited ambition. But, you know, God's not giving us not even one extra second to make that go happen. In fact, we are busier than ever, right? So how do you actually say no? Because you're probably all maxed out already. You don't have much time. You have to let something go. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, there's a saying, the quote by uh, Albert Einstein, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same results. You have to let something go and create a schedule of time in the calendar. So first step is look at your calendar, even if it's just 15 or 30 minutes a day, what are you going to do to help you work towards that goal? So we're working on our business and not just simply working in the business. I think that's the biggest one that uh, holds a lot of people back, that these goals but they actually haven't budgeted time to work on them to help them to take the business to the next level. Yeah, the scheduling piece is a tendency to take people off the rails in that they have a schedule for the day and everything starts sliding. 
I think doctors are the best at this. <laughs> this element of the, everything starts well, that first scheduled appointment or scheduled activity, that one stretches, there's an interrupt. So the things at the end of the day or the later things in the schedule kind of never get there. What's your thoughts about has this consistency become important enough? Well, in the book, I talk about the consistency productivity regimen. And a big part of regimen is not just time management, but energy management. Like everyone's different. Some of you are morning people. I'm a morning person. I get up at 4.50 a.m. in the morning. I get a lot of stuff done. Some people are evening person, right? So knowing your energy management, it's like you work on whatever goal you want to achieve, and you want, especially you want to stay consistent. Like our mental willpower, it's not unlimited. It's like a battery on your phone. The more you use it, especially on something you need to be consistent with, it drains very quickly. It's like your phone, when it's low on battery, sometimes it goes a little slower, running a little low on memory, it goes slower, it crashes. You want to work on your most important thing when you're at an optimum energy state. So it could be 30 minutes. So for my routine is in the morning. I always do a live video at 525. That's when I'm most energetic. Afterwards, I do my most important thing. And generally, that is something that's always related to marketing or content creation. And then the rest of the stuff that's like working in the business, the day-to-day, I generally do in the afternoon where I'm lower mental state, right? So for example, my phone's always on 24-7, do not disturb. The only people that can get through to me is my wife, my right-hand man, my business, my mom, and my brother. Those are the only people. And so that allows me to focus on the most important thing, right? The only exception, so I don't take any phone calls before 1 p.m. because that's my optimum state. Uh, I do take a nap. Some of you may laugh at this, but I'm a huge believer in naps. I take a nap at like 9.30 a.m. in the morning. So most people getting to work, I take a quick 20, 30-minute power nap. That allows me to recharge and then go back to working on my business instead of in the business. The only exception I take regarding the phone call is if it's like a sales producing. If it's a sales call, potential new client, that's always top priority. But other than that, look at your tasks that you do. What are the ones that require the most mental energy? And that should probably be your creativity closing sales, that's important. The rest of the stuff can wait till later on during parts of the day. Because if you work on the other busy work, then the most important work never gets done. Simon, you develop so many good habits and you develop such a consistency in your scheduling and how you manage yourself. And I imagine that was a long process for most people um, to discover what works for them. Any advice on how people can really understand exactly what's their optimum style, what's their optimum performance range? You've got some great pointers here. wonder if you found anything that helps for a lot of others. Well, I definitely was not born consistent to maybe give you some of you people out there some hope. You know, there's a joke. The only thing I was consistent with was back in college, and hopefully my kids don't listen to this, but in college, I was consistently playing John Madden football to 4 a.m. in the morning, and I could never make any of my morning classes, right? And it's pretty sad, but the only class I made was my 2 p.m. class, and the reason I woke up for that was my parents had me on dining hall, meal plan, and I had to run to the cafeteria by 1.45, grab some sandwiches, put them in my backpack, sandwich, orange, and banana, and I'll eat in class. And all my 9, 10, 11 a.m. classes, I just could not make. And I think God punishes me, because even to this day, once a month, I get a reoccurring dream, like a nightmare, that I missed my finals, that I either went to the wrong room, or I showed up an hour late for a morning finals. But I think for everyone out there, you know... Some of your night hours work really well at night. Some of you work in the morning really well. Know that everyone's body is different. 
And then you prioritize your day, right? Going back to the component number one of the consistency system is that it's a checklist. If you want to scale your business to the next level, what is that most important thing you have to do? And make sure you tackle that first before you tackle other things. And you work around the schedule. If you know that you have calls, meetings that you have to take at 9 a.m., maybe it is getting up at half an hour earlier and get that stuff done. But know that if unless you make that commitment, and I think that's what component number seven, accountability is important, but right? we all need accountability. I have accountability partners. One of my best friends, the CEO of a company, we have a monthly accountability call every month to make sure we hit our goals. So if you have that accountability, you'll make it happen. Whether it's waking up a little bit earlier or staying a little bit up later, I generally, like I said, I'm a morning person. I just make sure I get up. And I teach a lot about social media marketing. And people ask, when's the best time to post? Right, it's in the morning, in the afternoon, are more people are on. I think the best time to post is when you can consistently do it. Right. So if you're a morning person, great. If you have the time in the lunch hour to do it, great. But find a time that works well for you, knowing your body and knowing how your mind and your brain works. You know, the book, big part of think what you're teaching here is not just the personal habits, right? The underlying personal habits that can really lead to big change. But there is also a focus here on specifically how to increase sales, you know, because that's the thing that most of us are trying to figure out. <laughs> how do I get this business? How do I scale this business? How do I get to the point where I have more predictable, more consistent sales, right? And so I'm wondering, what are the kinds of mistakes you think people make around selling? What are you experiencing in that area? Well, the lack of the sales, especially if you want to scale with a sales team, is number one, getting back to the specific checklist. And another part of it is procrastination. Even people who like to make sales, there's a procrastination. So you see this, right? Um, people who, if you're in a month, uh, like car sales or even policemen who give tickets, they give tickets towards the end of the month, right? They may slack in the first two, three weeks, and then third week, like, oh my goodness, I need to go and push myself, and they'll hit the sales numbers, right? And then beginning of the month, they'll slack again. So one of the things you can do is creating artificial urgency, a timeline, right? So instead of working on a monthly, aim to work on a weekly basis. So setting a weekly target that you have to hit. Because if you have a monthly quota, you normally don't work until the end of the month. Setting a weekly quota and also if you're a sales manager, rewarding activity instead of results. Right? Often you see these sales campaigns, they're rewarding the top salesperson who has won the most sales. And then who wins these campaigns is normally the top salespeople. They win it. But the sales campaigns actually often are created to get the majority of the sales force engaged in producing. The top performers are always going to perform, and they're going to win every contest. But think about this. If you had your lowest performing salespeople or the people in the middle of the pack in just increase by 10% each, what would happen to your business? Right. So, And we know in sales, it's a numbers game. If you increase the activity, you're going to get the results. Right. If you talk to whether it's conversions one out of 10 or one out of 100, if you get every person to reach out more, ultimately it's going to affect your bottom line. You're going to increase more sales. So create sales campaigns, not just based on results, but on activity. So it could be someone that reached out to the most people by Friday. Right. Because if everyone's hitting their target by reach outs, follow ups, or presentations by Friday, and you're setting a weekly cycle, by the end of the month, 
the pipeline of prospects, good prospects, is going to be so much more fuller than if someone just started on the third week. So creating sales incentives based on activity, not just results. And I'm not saying not rewarded results, but it could be tiered incentives where everyone has a chance to win. Because often if you create these fancy sales campaigns and people think the bigger the reward, the more people get involved, it's not. Because the bigger the reward, most people, the biggest objection, especially someone who's not the sales superstar, is like, I'm not going to even bother because the sales superstar is going to win it. So they're not going to go pick up their activity. Create something that every salesperson or the one at the bottom feels have a chance to win something. And if you can increase their performance at 5 10%, it's going to affect the whole team and affect your business. You know, it's so interesting when you think about this idea of activity versus results, right? Because there's this weird dichotomy, cause, <laughs> and people often confuse activity with results. So sometimes you say, well, you know, you could do a lot of activities that keep yourself busy, but if you're not getting the outcomes you want, then you're doing the wrong activities. But the flip side of it, I think that you're pointing out, Simon, is results are outcomes. And positive results are typically the outcome of positive activities. And so if we focus too much on the results and we don't give people the activities to get there and we're not measuring their participation in those activities, how can we possibly expect them to achieve? Yeah, absolutely. And you've talked a lot about checklists. And so one thought I have is how do you see people incorporating checklists around something like a sales process? Well, there's different parts of the sales process. Number one is farming or finding new leads. How many new people are new contacts or adding to your contact list. That's one. Number two is how are you doing in the nurturing that relationship? Number three is how many did you actually ask them to look at a presentation? Number four is actually doing the presentation and closing. So for example, like if you're a real estate agent or you run a brokerage, how many new leads are you getting in? Potential home buyers, right? You have to be adding to that list every daily because if you're not adding to the top of the pipeline funnel, Ultimately, you're going to run out of people, potential buyers and sellers. So every day, finding out new contacts. And the nurturing could be as simple as creating a newsletter, creating a video, sending, teaching them about your local area, the housing prices, what's happening, educating them. Right? The more value you're providing out there, people will come to you. Right? That actually helps the farming process. I'll, I'll share, this was like a couple of years ago. I sold my condo in New Jersey. I live in Los Angeles at a condo in New Jersey. And I'm like, I haven't been back to New Jersey in a couple of years. I had a tenant there for a long time, but now I felt it was a good time to sell the place. I didn't know anyone. And I was really busy. I don't have time to go out there. Look. And none of my friends gave me any good referrals. But I ultimately chose someone that did a great job for me. But I chose him because he had the most YouTube videos up about Jersey City real estate. And I was like, wow, this guy's doing content consistently on a weekly basis. He probably knows what he's talking about. He seems he knows what he's talking about. And I just reached out to him and hired him. So that's an example of activity. You got to provide content out there. This leads to lead generation, nurturing those leads. And nurturing is through consistent content. It could be a newsletter. It could be videos. And then ultimately, you are reaching out to him and asking for the sale. But keeping track of those numbers, being very specific. Because that is the lifeblood of sales. New leads and then presentations and sales. Consistency is the number one skill because without consistency, no strategy will ever work. And I would encourage you, if you want to do something different, take your business to the next level, you may not get it at the beginning, but you can get it if you stay consistent with it. And if you're having managing or running a team, sales organization, the most important thing is for them to do consistent income-producing activities, right? And some people may procrastinate, but if they go through the seven components and apply it in detail, Think about whatever goal you have, 
that you want to take your business to the next level. Apply these seven components, and once you implement it, you realize that your team, your business will be consistent in whatever area, and you will hit the targets that you set. Well, Simon, we want to thank you so much for your time today. We've really enjoyed getting to know you and hearing about your book, and we're excited to see where this takes you. Hey, thank you for having me here again. Hey, for those who are interested in the book Consistency Pill, for a limited time, I'm giving you a companion workbook for free. It's a $25 workbook for free. You can go to consistencypill.com. And the reason I create this workbook, because I know people read differently. Some people read from start to finish. Some people read one chapter at a time. And the workbook basically summarizes each chapter, because I know you're busy. Even if you don't have time to read the whole book, you can get the summary. And after the summary, the specific action steps that you can take They ask you questions where you can fill out specific action tips that you can take as it's relevant to your business. So anyway, thanks for having me. You know, all businesses, I believe purpose is greater than money. If you're driven by purpose and long-term, your business will do well. So thanks for having me. Stay consistent. Go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Our guest today has been Simon Chan, author of the new book, The Consistency Pill. The seven-step system to increase sales and transform your business. You can learn more about Simon as well as find links to his book and resources all on our website at businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show. And, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.